Who's ready to hear from God's Word today? All right, all right. We are in a message series called Breaking Free. It's a series in the book of Galatians. And uh, we are breaking free from fear. We're breaking free from hypocrisy. We're breaking free from religion. And we are stepping into the freedom and the blessing of a relationship with God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's what this series is all about. We're breaking free. And if you've been a part of this series, maybe you've been wondering as we talk about freedom and we talk about Christianity as a matter of a heart, not religion. Maybe you've been asking yourself, what about obedience? What about the law? What about all the rules in the Bible? I don't know if you've ever wondered about just the story. How does all this fit together? How does that relate to our freedom in Jesus Christ? Some of us here have kids in their life. Uh, I've got kids in my life. Maybe you're a parent or grandparent or an aunt or an uncle. I'm a dad. i got two little ones. Have you ever had a kid song stuck in your head? You know what I'm talking about? Man, that is the worst. I mean, we're getting real today. I'm like, oh, man, we get kid songs stuck in our head all the time. Like, you know, remember like, let it go, let it go. You remember that one? The one I get stuck in my head? Baby shark, do, 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 do. Baby shark, do, do. Like, Brian, now I haven't had these songs stuck in my head. Stop it. Well, in my house, you know, songs get stuck in our head. But, uh, and, and I'll tell you, there are times where I just want to sing Baby Shark. I, there really are. I, I, my son Hudson has a shark t-shirt. And whenever I see that t-shirt, I'm like, ah, oh, Baby Shark, dude, dude. Can't help it. But I have a daughter who forbids me from singing kid songs. Like, it is a real rule. Like, she is laying down the law, law about kid songs. You know, I start saying, baby, shark, dude, she's like, stop it, dad. She's four years old. Stop it. What? She says, grown-ups aren't allowed to sing kid songs. <laughs> what? Grown-ups aren't allowed to sing, grown-ups aren't allowed to sing kid songs. The Bible says, four-year-old daughter, the Bible says, got me. Well, the Bible maybe doesn't say that. But what about all the laws and the rules in the Bible? What about those? If you've ever read the Bible, you know that there are laws, especially in the Old Testament. What about all those laws in the Bible? If we do have freedom in Christ, if we're breaking free, it's not a matter of religion. What about obedience and the law? Because if you love God and if you love Jesus Christ, you've got to ask, what about the law? What about obedience and the rules? in the Bible. And maybe you're here today, and maybe that doesn't sound all that exciting to you. You know, maybe you're here today, and you just wanted to come and see the, the cute babies, and I, I totally get that. But here's why this matters today. This question, why the law? Why does this matter today? And here's why this matters. Because God is writing a story. Do you guys understand that God is writing a story. It is a big God story that God is writing in the world today. God is writing a story in my life, in your life, and it is a story of redemption and restoration. And, and guess what? Law is part of that story. And Jesus 
is a part of that story. And you and I get to be a part of that story. So how do the rules and the laws relate to Jesus? How do the rules and laws relate to me and you? Why do they even matter? That's kind of my question today. Why did God put them in the story? And so we're going to pick up where we left off last week. And and this is the question that we're looking at. We're in the book of Galatians. So if you have your Bible or if you have a Bible app, go ahead and open it up. We're in Galatians chapter 3 today. And we're going to start in verse 19. And we're going to read Galatians 3.19 through 4.7. And that's the section of scripture that we're going to be studying today. So let's pick it up together. We'll put it up on the screen if you don't have a Bible with you, which is okay. Galatians 3.19. Why then... Was the law given at all? Why the law? It was added because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. That's Jesus. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. A mediator, however, implies more than one party, but God is one. Is the law, therefore, opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. The law can't impart life. It doesn't have that power. But Scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin so that what was promised was being given through faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. It's not about the law. It's about faith. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What I'm saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he's no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. This is the scripture reading for today. Let's pray. God, thanks for this place. Thanks for this moment. Thank you that we get to study your word. God, what a blessing it is to be in this room, to hear from your word and to be encouraged in our faith. So God, I just pray for our time together. And I ask God that you would continue to do that work of transformation. God, help us to understand the story you're writing in the world today and the story that you're writing in our own lives. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Okay, Galatians just really simply has a just quick outline 
The first part of Galatians is biographical, chapters 1 and 2. Chapters 3 and 4 is theological, right? It just, we got into deep waters today as we read that. You're like, huh, huh, huh? Chapters 5 and 6 is practical application. So we're in the theological part. And Paul is saying, asking this question, why the law? Why did God give us rules and laws? It's a very important question. And his answer is pretty simple and pretty powerful. Now, we're not going to be able to go into all the details. We don't have that much time. But I do want to give you some big picture thoughts to take with you today. Number one, why the law? Paul says, the law was for a moment. The law was for a moment. This is so important. If you want to understand God's big story in the world today, you need to understand the law was for a moment. And I think a lot of us get confused by the law. Has anybody ever tried to read their Bible starting with page one? Yeah, yeah. A few of us are, you get excited, you know, you get a new devotional plan or, or maybe are a young Christian, brand new Christian, like, I want to read this book. Page one, Genesis 1.1. Oh, wow, you know, God created the heavens and the earth. God creates man and woman. It's good. It's very good. That's awesome. Then comes the tree and the fruit. Man and woman, they disobey God. And, of course, sin and death into our world. That's a part of our story, right? Sin and death into our world. And humanity, instead of living under God's blessing, we live under God's judgment. And that is the state of humanity after the fall. That's, a, that's how the story begins. Created by a good God. Fallen into sin and death and judgment. But God has a plan. And if you've ever, you know, started reading your Bible, Genesis 12 comes along. God calls a man named Abraham. And God says, through Abraham and his children, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And Abraham believes God. Super cool. Keep reading. Wow, this is an awesome story. It's changing my life. Yeah, I like that. Exodus comes along. Abraham's children are slaves in Egypt. God calls Moses. Moses leads them into freedom. Breaking free. And they go through the Red Sea. They get to Mount Sinai. And then what happens? God gives them ten commandments. Law. And what comes next? Have you ever tried reading your Bible? Law after law after law after law. Leviticus, animal sacrifices. Uh, you've got clean and unclean foods. Uh, my favorite is when you're doing devotions and it's like infectious skin disease. You know, you're eating breakfast, reading about infectious skin diseases. All of a sudden, you, when you are so excited with that devotional plan, all of a sudden you're like, Leviticus, I can't do this anymore. There goes the Bible reading plan. I remember being a 17-year-old, brand-new believer, brand-new Christian, and I was so pumped to read my Bible. I started on page one, just like so many people do, and I'm reading, and I get to that Exodus, Leviticus, the laws are coming. I'm like, what is happening? I had no idea what, like, how does this relate to my life? I was, I was so confused. And so many of us get confused by the law. I was so confused. I went straight to my pastor. Pastor Jim, it's one Sunday morning. Grab my Bible, I run up to the pastor. Pastor Jim, yeah, 17 years old. I look at him, I go, how does the Old Testament relate to the New Testament? And he just looks at me in shock. You, you don't expect that question from a 17-year-old. How does the Old Testament relate to the New Testament? He just looks at me and he goes, I don't know. And that was it. 
that was it, you guys. See, as a 17-year-old, brand new believer in Jesus Christ, I got the Jesus story. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. He rose from the dead to give me abundant life. I got that. I got my story. My life was changing because of my faith in Christ. See, I got my story. I got the Jesus story. But there was another story in the Old Testament about the Jews and the law. And I just could not understand how that story related to Jesus and how that story related to me and my faith in Jesus Christ. Can you guys relate just a little bit? How do these stories connect? What is the big story that God is writing in the world today? And so Paul comes in in Galatians 3, and he begins to answer that question. And he says, this is what I want you to know. I want you to know that that Old Testament law was for a moment. The law was for a moment. It wasn't meant to be forever. How many of us, you have a a phone or a piece of technology? There's something called planned obsolescence, which just means your device is designed to go obsolete so that you have to get another one. But that's what God is doing with the law. The law was never meant to be forever. And you need to know that. And what Paul says in Galatians 3.19, he says, why then was the law given at all? You can underline that. Why the law? Circle two words. It was added until. Why was the law given at all? It was added, circle these words, until. Until what? And it goes on to say, until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. And that's Jesus. Go back to Abraham, the plan, God's plan to redeem and rescue humanity. Through Abraham's child, It was promised that God's blessing would go to the the world. That promise was about Jesus. And through Jesus, the blessing of God is going to the entire world. And so Paul says the law was added from Moses until Jesus came. It was a chapter in the story. That chapter is over. That chapter is done. And we are no longer under the law. And so how does that relate? What is the law all about? I had one pastor of mine who just looked at me in all honesty and said, I don't know. I don't know how that relates. Another pastor more recently, a famous pastor in Atlanta of a well-known church, Andy Stanley, just earlier this year, he was talking about the Old Testament. And he he said, Christians need to unhitch the Old Testament from their Christian faith. Is that what we need to do? Do we need to unhitch the Old Testament from our Christian faith, he, took a, he got a lot of backlash for that. And I think rightfully so. But is that what we're supposed to do? Okay, unhitch. Galatians, in Galatians, we talked about this, there were pastors there who were saying, you're not hitched enough. You need to be more hitched. Because these laws are in the Bible. So if you believe the Bible, maybe you should keep those laws. And they were advocating a Jewish way of life based on the Old Testament law. So why did God give us the law? It was added until. The law was for a moment. It's a chapter in the story. And it's a moment that is very significant. And this is what Paul says. We're just going to hit some highlights here. Why the law? Paul says, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't need to unhitch. We don't need to get overly hitched. But we need to understand the reason God gave us the law and put it in our story. 
Three reasons. Number one, the law reveals sin. Galatians 3.19. Why then was the law given at all? It was added because of transgressions. The law reveals sin. The law convicts us of sin. It's kind of like a mirror. Whenever you look in the mirror, you see all the blemishes. and Yeah, I see that, you know. And that's what the law is. The law shows us that we cannot keep the law. It convicts us of our sin. We break God's law all the time. Just go through the Ten Commandments. We break God's law all the time. Israel broke God's law all the time. And what the law shows us is that we are not able to keep God's law. We need help. And so the law reveals sin. That's why it's in the story. Number two, Paul says, the law guards salvation. We were held in custody under the law. And this is actually really important. The law, the law guards salvation. There was a long chapter from Moses to Jesus. And what Paul is saying is, through that time period, the law was guarding God's plan of salvation. Have any of you here ever used fuel stabilizer? Anybody? It's more of a guy thing. What is fuel stabilizer? You put fuel stabilizer in gasoline to keep gasoline from going bad in long-term storage. The fuel stabilizer keeps the gas from going bad in long-term storage. And that's why God gave us the law. Because how do you keep a sinful nation from going bad in long-term storage? How do you keep a sinful nation from going so off track that it thwarts God's plan of salvation? What does God do? He's sovereign. He gives them the law. And the law holds them in custody. It guards the nation of Israel. It keeps them separate from other nations. The law guards the plan of salvation all the way till Jesus came. It's an important part of the chapter. Number three, the law leads us to Christ. And this is so important. This is so special about the Old Testament. The law leads us to Christ. And it's why I love studying my Old Testament, and I encourage all of you to, because it will lead you to Christ. Galatians 3.24, and, and I love the New American Standard, says, Therefore the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ, so that we may be justified by faith. What does a tutor do? Teach, instruct, educate. What's Paul saying? He's saying, God put the law in the story to educate you, to put your faith. In Jesus Christ. And Jesus said this much in John 5. He said, These are the very words that testify about me. The whole Old Testament is pointing to Jesus Christ. So the law is a moment. It's a chapter in the story, but it's really important. Because it shows us what's wrong. Our own sin. Shows us what's right. What's good. What's just. What's holy. And it shows us what we need. We need a savior. We need redemption. We need God to write a story in our life that's bigger than the law. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God and useful. It's our Old Testament. It's inspired by God. It's useful. Get into it. Because it's going to lead you to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Law is for a moment. What's forever? What's the forever story that God's writing? It's Jesus 
and it's the new family of Jesus. So the law is for a moment, but family is forever. And this is what I love about the gospel and the story of Jesus, and the story that God is writing in the world today. God is making a family, and that family is forever. Through the gospel, together, we are becoming the new family of Jesus. Look around. There's your family. Yeah, my family's kind of weird. <laughs> right? That's because the family that God is creating, this family on earth, this new creation family, is unlike any family this world has ever seen. Listen to what Paul says about our family. What does our family look like? What's our family? He describes it. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. I love this. So in Christ, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ Jesus have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. This is the new family of Jesus. He's making a new family through the gospel. It's a family unlike this world has ever seen. It's not a family based on rules or religion or law. It's a family that is based on faith in Jesus Christ. And it is a family that is so cool, that's so unique, that's so different than anything else we see in the world. Paul says, he says, for all of you, or excuse me, he says, there is no longer Jew or Gentile. What is that? People divide and divided at that time into Jew and Gentile, slave and free, male and female. What Paul says in the new family of Jesus, there is no Jew or Gentile. There is no racial division. He says there's no slave or free. In Jesus' new family, there is no economic division. Men and women are not divided in the new family of Jesus. This is the family that God is calling us to be. It's a family where there is no more racial division. There is no more economic division. There is no more division between men and women. It is a multiracial, multiculture, multigenerational family of men and women, rich and poor, coming together, united by their faith in Jesus Christ. So I say this forever family is unlike anything this world has ever seen. Because right now, our world, our country, we have never been more divided. It is a divided world. We divide in so many ways. Men against women. Generation against generation. Racial division. And we put up walls in the church. There's division in the church. There are, there are walls in our culture and in our own hearts. And what I believe is I believe this divided world needs a united church. And we have the opportunity to be that united church through faith in Jesus Christ. This is our family. This is the family of Jesus Christ. It's a family unlike this world has ever seen. But how do you get so many different people, different generations, different races and cultures and ethnicities, how do you get so many different people into the same family? And the answer is adoption. The answer is adoption. And what Paul goes on to say is that through Jesus, we are 
adopted into the family of God. And there are many families in this church who've adopted children. Adoption is close to my heart. Our family is a family by adoption. And it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful thing. Now, our, our family is, is a multiracial family. We've got a, a little boy. He's got beautiful caramel skin and bright blue eyes. Call him my little caramel latte. People drink him up. When I'm out, Hudson, look at him, they look at me, look at him, they look at me, look at him, they look at me. How do you guys go to, you know, you see it in their eyes, like, what? I go, we said, this is my son Hudson, and we are a family by adoption. It's a beautiful story, you guys. In chapter 4, Paul talks about how you and I are adopted into this new family of Jesus. Look at verse 4. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. God sent Jesus to redeem us, to write a story of redemption. The word redeem just means to set free by paying a price. And back in that, those days, a slave could be set free if somebody paid the price. And they were redeemed when that price was paid. And that's what Jesus did for you. And that's what Jesus did for me. And that's the good news of Jesus Christ. That Jesus came and he paid the price for our freedom by dying on the cross and rising from the dead. And so if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are no longer a slave. You're no longer a slave. You are a child of God. You are a son and a daughter. And more than that, you are heirs of all the promises of God. Amen? Guys, God did not adopt us into his family to be a distant father. God adopted us into his family to be a close, intimate father. And that's what I want you to know today. You were not adopted into the family of God so that he could be some distant father. You were adopted into this family so that he could be a close, intimate dad. And you see that as Paul goes on. In verse 6 he says, Because you are sons... God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. The Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are His child, God has also made you an heir. Every once in a while, my daughter Lydia thinks it's fun to call me Brian. Sometimes she thinks it's fun to call me Brian John, which is my middle name. Brian John. And I always tell her, I say, I say, Lydia, there's so many Brian's in this world, but you only have one dad. You are loved by God. You're his child. You've been adopted into his family. And God's given you his spirit. 
It's the spirit that cries out in your heart, Abba, Father, which just means close, intimate Father. That's the relationship that God wants to have with you. He loves you. He wants to be that close, intimate Father, not a distant stranger. And that's our opportunity to pursue that relationship with God, to get to know Him at a deep, intimate level. And that's not just for a moment. That's forever. Adoption is forever. The family of Jesus is forever. The law was just a moment. It was an important moment. It was a powerful moment. But what God is doing now is he's writing a story of redemption, and he's bringing us together to write that story. I'm going to have Andrew and the team come up as I, as I close this out, but... Um, One of the most important things that, that we as an adopted family are trying to teach our children, and this is just so important, is we are all adopted into the family of God. It's so important for an adopted child to understand their story. We need to understand the story that God's writing in the world today. That law, that was a part of that story. It reveals our sin. It convicts us of our sin. It shows us what God was doing in the world. points us to Jesus Christ. Jesus is a part of that story. And through adoption, you and I can be a part of that story. When you look back and you see the big God story, this huge story that God is writing, and you begin to understand how God brought you and I into this, all we can do is say, thank you, Jesus. Wow, God. Thank you for bringing me into this story. Thank you for writing a story of redemption and changed lives in me. Every night before, before we go to bed at night in the Vincent home, we have a rhythm. Everybody hops on the bed, me, my wife, our two kids. We read a story from our children's Bible and we pray together. And every night we pray the same prayer. God, thank you for making us a family by adoption. Adoption is an amazing gift. And what I want to say today is, as children adopted into the family of God, we have a story. And maybe you're here today and you've never said yes to that story, or you, you haven't experienced that adoption. And today you can say yes to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Write a new story in my life. Because I'm broken, I'm messed up, I need help, I need a redeemer. And in the pain, in the brokenness, in the difficulty, God's writing a story in my life, in your life. The law was for a moment. Adoption is forever. And that's what brings us together today. The new family of Jesus. Family is forever. Let me pray for you. Jesus, thank you for coming, paying the price for our sins, that we could be children of God. And God wants to minister to your heart today. 
He loves you. He's your Abba Father. He's not a distant stranger. He's a close, intimate Father. And you can run to Him. You can say yes to Him. God, thank You for Your love. Thank You for adopting us into Your family. Thank You for rescuing us and redeeming us. Thank You that a story is being written. A story of redemption and restoration. And God, I pray that you would give us eyes to see the beautiful work you're doing in our lives today. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this family. Thank you for diversity. Thank you for unity. We want all those things. Most of all, we want intimacy with you. Teach us to say, I trust you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And we ask that in your name today. And everybody said, amen. You can stand. <laughs>